Today, we're talking about my song, Fallen Jedi Knights. I'll break down the writing and recording process for the song, things you may not notice about the track, and my favorite parts about it. So stay tuned. It's coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 13. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me today. 13 is supposedly an unlucky number, so we're going to channel the Force today. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. I love talking behind-the-scenes stuff, though, so today is going to be a fun episode talking about songwriting, recording, and production. I'm really excited and I hope you are too. Before we get into it, if you would like to support this show and my music, consider joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. You'll get all sorts of cool perks, Q&As, bonus songs, and lots more. It's a whole community, and I would love for you to be a part of it. Otherwise, hit the like button and leave a comment. That helps the show out too. I would really appreciate it. Plus, it is your destiny. Thanks, Darth. And now, let's get on with the show. So, Fallen Jedi Knights. This song was released July 2019. So, it's almost two years old now. It's sitting at 2.4 million views on YouTube. It's not my biggest song ever, but it is one of the most consistent songs on my channel. It's actually more popular today than when it was first released. New people are still discovering it and people are coming back to listen to it again and again. So it's really cool to see that it has this life of its own. It wasn't just something that kind of popped and then faded away like most viral videos do. It's got this really solid fan base behind it. Whenever people ask, what's your favorite song that you've made? I always answer, really diplomatically, like that one scene from Office Space. So tell me, what's your favorite song of his? Mm. <clears throat> I guess I sort of like them all. That's so Ryan up the yeah. exact same way. But this song is definitely one of my favorites. I don't know if I could say it's number one, but it's in the top few for sure. I mean, it's the theme for the podcast. I didn't even think twice about writing theme music for the podcast. There was just something about Fallen Jedi Knights that already felt right. Like, I should just use that as the theme song for the show. Like, in general, why don't I just use all of my music as the background music for the show? But for the theme, there's something about this song that sort of transcends just being about the Jedi. I think it's got a sort of inspirational tonality to it, which is why I made it the de facto theme song for the show. It was also the first song that I made in my new recording space to hit 1 million views, which I'm sure you're all like, dude, you worry about the views way too much. And you're absolutely right. But I moved to a new studio in early 2019 and all of my other, you know, quote unquote, hit songs, Hello from the Dark Side, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, Dark Side, Light Side, Bring Balance to the Force, I have the high ground, everything before 2019, basically. Those were all done in my old studio space. When you move to a new studio, there's 
sort of this break-in period where you have to get to know the space, you have to move in and get comfortable there so that you can be in the zone and do your thing. Plus, it sounds totally different than the old space, acoustically speaking, so you have to relearn how music is supposed to sound there if you're going to make really good mixes. That's definitely a topic for another episode. But the point is to know like, okay, I still got it. I can still make a hit in this new space was a reassuring thing. I didn't lose all of the magic from leaving my old studio. It wasn't like that studio was built on top of some ancient Jedi temple and I could only channel the energy there. I could channel the energy wherever I was. This is also one of those songs where people ask in the comments, what is the original song? What is this song based on? Of course, it's not a parody. It's an original song that I wrote myself. So that's always an interesting comment to read when someone assumes that this must be a spoof of a real song. Well, no, this is the real song. I wrote it. So yeah, I am proud of Fallen Jedi Knights for a lot of different reasons. It's certainly one of my favorites. And now let's get into the weeds and talk about writing and recording the song. Let's not forget our fallen Jedi, our fallen Jedi Knights. They weren't selfish, greedy, power, hungry. Knowledge was their strength. They would practice patience, keeping their focus and often meditate. Obviously, the Jedi are cool. Who doesn't like the Jedi? One of the best parts about the prequels, they're basically uh, behind the scenes of the Jedi Order. And yeah, it shows how they weren't really perfect. But in my head canon, that's kind of what a Jedi is to me. Like when you first meet Anakin and he's all, no one can kill a Jedi. That's what I think of. They're wise and they're people that you would want to have on your side. And it's a bummer that they get wiped out. So let's pay tribute to them with this song, Fallen Jedi Knights. I'm not sure if the song is written from my own personal point of view as like a Star Wars fan just watching the movies or if it's like Bail Organa or Rex or someone that lived through Order 66 singing the song themselves. But it's obviously a nostalgic sort of how about them good old days vibe and basically an ode to the Jedi or the Jedi anthem or something like that. Those are my favorite kind of songs where everybody knows the story of the Jedi. And since it has this kind of big anthemic sing-along chorus, it makes the whole song sort of a community thing. And even though the subject matter is kind of bleak, it also sounds kind of uplifting and there's this sort of ethereal and heavenly sort of sound surrounding it. One of the top comments even points this out. The user Eat Pie says, why is this so wholesome, nostalgic, and sad at the same time? What is your secret, Roy? Well, I don't know what my secret is, but maybe we can figure it out on the rest of this episode. So most of the song is based around this guitar riff. 
And if you've ever tried to play along with it on guitar, you'll probably be a little annoyed and maybe not only with this song, but with a lot of my songs actually, because I keep all of my guitars tuned down to E flat standard rather than E standard. So all of the chords and positions for this song should look like they're in D natural, but it's actually D flat. So you can't really play the riff the same way that it's recorded without down tuning your guitar. I used to do a lot of session guitar playing for karaoke covers and backing tracks. And a lot of pop songs and country songs are often played with this E flat tuning. So it's just easier for me to leave all my guitars set up that way. And if you ever have to play a song in standard tuning, then you can just put a capo on the first fret. I really hate having to change the tuning on a guitar. I feel like it ages the strings really quickly and they never sound quite the same after you tune them down and then tune them back up. So a lot of my songs wind up being in flat keys or hard to play along to if you're not already tuned to E flat. Sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent there, but the guitar riff kind of makes the song and that's how you have to tune it if you want to play it like the recording. So the intro starts with the single vocal and single guitar track. When I was arranging it, I imagined a rock star on stage with a spotlight on them, singing it to a big stadium. Everyone has their lighters in the air, that sort of thing. And then the lights would come on when the band joins in for the first verse. You get that kind of epic moment of, you know, this anthem building up. And I was definitely nervous about starting the song that way. I do start a lot of songs with the chorus, but not usually so stripped down. Whenever the vocal is so exposed like that, it's like, oh, it better sound good. It better have some emotion and vibe to it since you're not covering it up with all this production. But it had to be arranged that way. It couldn't start with a big full chorus and the whole band. It had to start small to be able to have the room to grow into the big anthemic chorus later on and have sort of the payoff of, you know, listening to the whole song. So after this sort of lonely intro, we get this trailing echo on the vocals and this reverse guitar sound effect. And then we're in verse one with a much more typical Roy style production. We start to beef things up a little bit. There's acoustic and electric guitars doing pretty much the exact same thing. I love how they blend together. They seem more like one instrument. The funny thing is, neither really sounds that great on their own, but that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. It's all about how they add together. The main guitar riff is this bouncy two-note phrase. It's just a bass note on the E string and the third on the G string. And I love playing riffs like this. They aren't overbearing like big open chords. And they're also more interesting than just playing regular power chords. There's like a little bit of intrigue there. There's also bass guitar in the first verse, which I often leave out of the first verse a lot of the time. It's playing really high on the neck though, so it's closer to the range of a regular guitar. 
So it's not like super beefy sounding. Again, it kind of blends in with the acoustic and electric guitars and just kind of ties in all of that musical stuff. I also really love how it kind of slides up and down in between all the chords. The verse vocals are also stacked and doubled, kind of like the guitars too. There's a high octave and a low octave and stuff kind of panned left and right to make it sound kind of wide. And it'd be easy to use the force to always get their way, but cheating, mind tricks, wars, and violence don't make one great. Everything in the verse is just super tight, hyper-focused, and really clean. The melodies and the rhythm start off really in your face. It was sort of an intentional thing, like, I want to keep the verse simple, but also stand out. So. It's a little odd at first with the syncopation and the empty space and the sort of like staccato nature to it, but it also has this power behind it. It grabs your attention immediately, and then towards the end of the verse, everything starts to sort of smooth out a little bit more. The groove lays back and the melodies fill in, and it leads us into the chorus where we finally kind of land on our feet and the song is at a more steady pace. So the chorus has to sound big and full. It needs a lot of support, both musically and rhythmically. So the bass guitar gets really fat and drops down to the lower octave, lower on the neck, and some more rhythmic stuff comes in, like the hi-hat and the tambourine and the acoustic guitars are strumming straight eighth notes, just pushing the beat along. The electric guitars are a little different than the acoustics in the chorus. The pattern and the way you play it is sort of similar to the verse riff, but it's less of like a chordal thing and more of like a melody and lead almost. And then there's this huge synthesizer pad really filling everything up. It's bright and shimmery. And there's also this tremolo flanger guitar kind of sitting in the background for a little bit more vibe and movement. It's really like anything I can do to make the chorus feel more complete and help it be a release from that sort of punchy and syncopated first verse. Now, the melody in the chorus is one of my favorite go-to melodies. I get stuck a lot in this particular chord progression where you go from the four chord to the one chord of the key. So that's G flat to D flat in this song. There's a lot of melodies you can sing over it, but I always wind up on this it's so simple in those chords and that melody they just pair perfectly together it's the amen sound or if you're a music theory nerd it's the plagal cadence that four chord to the one chord tons of pop songs use it i use it all the time and if you're a songwriter you should use it too i actually had to try really hard to not 
copy this melody exactly when I was writing The Force is Strong. The chords are pretty similar. I think that song is also in D flat, and it starts with that sort of lonely vocal again. So if you listen to those two songs back to back, you're going to see a lot of similarities. But I tried to keep that melody just different enough. The first chorus also has a lower harmony on the vocals as well. Like the guardians of peace throughout the galaxy, the heroes standing up for what is right. Sometimes I try not to harmonize in the first chorus too much, so you can leave all that room to develop the song later on. But when the harmony is lower than the main melody, it's a lot less in your face and blends in a lot more. It's actually really hard to even notice it if you're not listening for it. When we come back for the second chorus, the harmonies are much more obvious because there's the lower harmony and another harmony above the main melody too. Man, I love harmony. I'm sure you already know this by listening to any of my songs. It's just so cool to have this melody and then you can crank the excitement up or down by adding or removing harmonies. And on that note, the very outro of the song, it's sort of like a repeat of the last chorus, but it's just a repeat of the chorus harmonies without the main melody. So there's this lower harmony in this upper harmony, and the main vocals are just sort of ad-libbing. So you kind of get to hear all the harmony parts on their own. And I love stuff like that. They just get to kind of shine on their own. I didn't come up with that idea on my own. I learned it from somewhere, and I was trying to find some examples of it in other popular songs where they repeat the harmony vocals at the end, but not the main vocals. I'm drawing a total blank on songs that do that. If you can think of a song that does that, leave it in the comments below because I feel like it should be obvious, but I can't think of one. So finalizing the chorus of this song actually gave me a lot of trouble when I was recording it. I re-recorded it at least three times because I didn't like how I sounded. I definitely had some demo-itis going on. But funny enough, I decided let's just leave all of the vocals in for the final version. So the main vocals in the chorus are doubled several more times than I usually would. It's literally the demo vocals, a second recording of the vocals, and then the final recording blended together. And I think that adds to the sort of anthemic sing-along vibe. It's not quite a choir since it's just me and all the tracks pretty much sound the same, but it's got a kind of density to it with so many tracks layered together, which I guess that's kind of the secret. If you don't like how it sounds, just start doubling it up and that'll beef up the track for you. So verse two is pretty much the same as the first. 
the drums drop out for the first bar or two. This is another one of my favorite go-to arrangement tricks. You can jump right back into the verse sometimes. Usually like a fast rock song, you want to roll right through it. But with these more laid back jam sessions, I love dropping the beat out for a second or two and then bringing it back in with just a simple little fill. It's kind of the same idea from verse one, trying to grab your attention with it being so empty and then boom, everything jumps back in. So chorus two adds a few little guitar lead fills. The higher harmony vocals come in and there's a few random background vocals too. And it just rolls right into the bridge. And the bridge is really simple. It's basically just the chorus riff plus this, I guess you could call it a guitar solo. It's just kind of another riff on top of the chorus chords. And it's kind of odd that there's this like cool guitar riff we haven't heard yet, but then there's also a new vocal melody on top of that. I guess I couldn't decide whether it was supposed to be a solo or a bridge, but either way, it's pretty short and sweet and not really overdone. The vocals are just two tracks here. There's a high octave and a low octave. It's kind of like the verses, but it's not quite as massive. It doesn't have that left-right panning and doubling going on. Before the dark times, before the empire, you could find them almost anywhere. And of course, it has a little bit of radio distortion and the radio EQ effect, because that's also one of my favorite tricks. Man, I'm giving away all my secrets here. I'm also pretty certain that both the vocals and the guitar solo from the bridge are exactly the same from the demo recording. I just couldn't do them any better. I tried to re-record them for the final version, but like I mentioned last episode, sometimes you just can't beat the demo tracks and there was nothing wrong with them. The solo has a cool vibe and the vocals are solid too. So then we have a quick little breakdown for the last chorus. The lights go down in the stadium and everyone puts their lighters in the air again. Since it's the last chorus, the background vocals have entered the chat. And I'm really happy with how all of the WoWo tracks came out here. You always have to mix the backgrounds or the oohs and the ahs a little bit differently. That way they don't compete with your main vocals as much. And I love how these ones sound. They just sort of float in the background. You can pick them out pretty clearly, but they aren't bulldozing over the whole track. They're just kind of like hanging out in the background. Then we have the outro, that bridge guitar solo riff thing comes back. We have those split up harmonies and the vocal ad libs. And then my very favorite part of the whole song, the very last guitar part. Unfortunately, YouTube shows that 
a significant number of people will click off of the video before the song ends. There's no Star Wars video footage over this part. It's just like, click here to watch another video. And I've stopped making my videos like that recently. There's always footage to the very end now. But if you do wind up listening to the very end, you'll hear this faint guitar part. I call it a musical period. The song is over, and here's just a final cap on the whole thing. I don't always write a unique, special ending like this to songs. Sometimes you just end it abruptly, and it kind of just hangs on the last word of the chorus or whatever. But this is a tribute song, so it has to have this sort of sentimental goodbye of sorts. So that last chord is finally home. You land on that D-flat major, it's the root of the song, and it gives it a very complete feeling, I think. So to wrap up this breakdown, I'd like to leave you with some beautiful poetry from the YouTube user Derp Tortoise. This is one of the top comments from Fallen Jedi Knights on YouTube. Roses are red, violets are blue. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? So this was a lot of fun, taking a minute to sit down and celebrate one of my songs. If you liked this song breakdown style episode, let me know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Leave a review if you're listening on any podcast apps. If it seems like people enjoyed it, then maybe we'll do some more of them. All right. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you'd like to show your support, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. There are all sorts of awesome perks you can get, like asking me anything, Star Wars, songwriting, recording, YouTube, whatever you want to ask, I will give you an answer. You can also get bonus songs every month. This month's song is I Am Your Father, the acoustic version. I will check out your art, music, podcast, you name it, and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. So if any of that sounds cool to you and you would like to help out, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even TikTok at Royish Good Looks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And whenever you're listening, share the podcast episodes in your feeds and tag me. I really appreciate the support. Thank you for listening today. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.